Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Saturday, the 7th of July, 2012. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. Hey, buddy, what you got there? It's my iPhone. I'm listening to my shows. What's on here? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm pretty good with computers and stuff. So you downloaded them using iTunes? No, I'm using Stitcher. M-O-O-N. That spells Stitcher. Oh. Well, how does it work? Well, I don't know. Magic, I guess. I see. Did Uncle Pete... Put that on your phone for you. Yeah. I watched SpongeBob yesterday. <laughs> he, he and Patrick were selling chocolate. Before we jump into the show, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact the show, there's a couple of different ways to do so. The first would be to use our voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. 206-745-2731. I do use this voicemail for my other podcast, so... When you are leaving a message, make sure that you mention that it is for Firearms Cafe. If you'd like to send in your own audio recording, or if you'd like to send in a regular email and have me read it for you on the show, I'd be more than happy to do that. The email address is firearmscafe at gmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. Before we jump into the show, again, I like to say that a lot, don't I? But before we kind of get into the main part of the show, there is another way that you can contact me. Although, for whatever reason, most people don't tend to do it as much. And that's over at the forums over at gunrightsradio.com. And you can go to the Firearms Cafe section. And I did get a nice uh, uh, post over there on regarding show number 74. And this is from New York Newbie, and he writes in and says, Wow, this was the first show of your podcast to which I'd ever listened, and I thought it was great. I found that I kept nodding my head as I listened to it in my car, agreeing with most of your comments, especially about Ron Paul. After learning about the congressman in the 2008 election, I've been an ardent fan. His books and consistent voting record support his campaign promises and assertions. None of the other candidates can claim that their deeds follow their words so closely. It was through his speeches and books that I became interested in learning more about the U.S. Constitution, personal freedom and responsibility, including the Second Amendment. Dr. Paul is definitely my write-in candidate in November, despite living in the very blue state of New York. Gary Johnson would be my second choice. Anyway, good show. I will have to add it to my podcatcher. Well, thanks very much for that. I appreciate that, New York newbie. And... To uh, some of you other guys that maybe leave some comments and things over on the forums, I apologize if I, if I don't get to those uh, as often as I should. I tend not to get very much uh, response or contact, at least over on the forums. Uh, most of the time, if somebody wants to contact me, they do it either through the voicemail or through uh, email, either recording their own MP3 or sending links or things like that. Uh, so, and you know, I, I, I tend to have a real kind of love hate relationship with the forums in, in some ways they're really good and I enjoy them. It's nice to kind of, uh, be able to go to the community, I guess, so to speak there. Uh, but 
a lot of times forums can devolve and degrade into places where people, because it is an anonymous uh, an anonymous way to post, uh, and you don't, there's really no accountability for the things that some people say. Uh, I've seen in the past some things where some people have been attacked. I thought kind of within um, the the attacks. Not that the attack would ever have merit, but the but the things that they were saying didn't really have merit. Uh, they were being sort of disrespectful, basically on the guy's political views, on some of the guy's political views. Uh, and I thought, eh, you know, that's really not a place for that uh, here. Now, now, having said that, at the, at the, at the uh, Gun Rights Radio Network forums, they're pretty good. Uh, they're much better than, than other things that I've been on. Like, I don't, I don't even go to AR15.com. There's most of the big forums I don't even go to because they're so filled with people that are just trolls and a lot of the stuff you just wonder, well, how can you even trust what that person is saying? Uh, you know, if they're not even willing to, you know, sign their name to the bottom of a post or something like that, you know, how, and how do you know who they, that they are, who they say they are, unless it's somebody that's, uh, you know, a verified person, maybe like Masada Yub or uh, Rob Pincus or something like that, or a Michael Bain over at his things. Uh, but anyway, one of the things that, that New York newbie at the uh, end of his post said that he was living in the very blue state of New York, which my wife and I were talking about some of this stuff the other day. And I was telling her that I think what I am going to do is I'm probably going to write in uh, either Gary Johnson or Ron Paul. And it's probably going to be Gary Johnson. And the reason that I'm going to write him in uh, is of the people that is that are actually running uh, you know, when it comes time, that's who, that's who I would want to represent me. That's the guy that close, close, closest, oh man, I can't even talk today. That's the guy who most closely, there we go, represents me on the issues. Especially now that Dr. Paul is, is out of the race. Some people would say, well, by doing that, aren't you wasting your vote? And I kind of covered this a little bit before, you know, vote who you want for, vote your conscience, and then you're not wasting your vote if you're, and, and I don't want to rehash old stuff, but I'm, I'm not going to be a vote the lesser of two evils kind of guy. But getting back to his point about, you know, he does live in a very blue state. Uh, some people would make the argument, well, if you live in a state like uh, New York or New Jersey or California or... If you live in a state like Arizona, Oklahoma, those states tend to be either very red or very blue. And some people will argue, well, it doesn't matter whether I vote or not if I live in New York, whether I vote or not, whether I live in Arizona, because if my candidate isn't a blue one or a red one, it does, they're not going to win because those states generally and have for years and years and years, and the track record shows, and goes over to the blue or to the red, and so I'm just not going to bother to vote, or I'm not gonna, I'll, I'll just vote for, you know, I'll hold my nose and, and vote for the conservative, or I'll hold my nose and vote for the Democrat, or, you know, the, the liberal, whoever I want. Uh, but, uh, again, I have a, um, 
a different view on that. If we ever really want change, if we want to bring down that bird of prey, who's the, of course, the bird of prey has two wings, the right wing and the left wing. If we want to bring that bird down, we're going to have to do something different. And if you're always voting for the same thing, the same old lesser of two evils type thing, nothing's going to change. And anyway, I, like I said, I talked about all this stuff on the last show. Um, but I do, I do, again, I do think your vote matters. I think it's important that you get out there and that you participate in the process. Uh, but let's talk about, and there's, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, so let's, let's go ahead and jump into the show now. As many of you guys know, uh, Eric Holder was held both in civil and criminal contempt of Congress, uh, but yet it appears over the Fast and Furious uh, uh, debacle. For those of you guys maybe that are listening for the first time or don't know what Fast and Furious is, or you can look a lot of that stuff up online and get into more detail. I'll give basically the uh, crib note version, the, the very brief synopsis of what it was. Basically, the federal government, through the uh, ATF, was sending weapons down into Mexico. The reason they said that they were doing this was so that they could track and find out you know, how it gets from point A to point B. How do, how do any, if weapons are going down there, how are they getting down there? And what they did is they told when the gun stores would say, hey, these guys are coming in, they're obviously straw buyers, which a straw buyer is a person who is not buying a gun for himself, but buying it for somebody who would be prohibited by law from doing so, from making that purchase on their own. When the gun stores called up the ATF, the ATF said, no, we're doing this operation, this is part of it, it's under control, you go ahead and, and let this stuff happen. So they did that, and then a little bit later, the at least out here locally, I, I live in Arizona. So out here locally, what happened is you started seeing all these articles in the paper about how you have all these super irresponsible gun store owners that are selling these obviously, making these uh, sales that are obviously straw purchase sales and that they don't care about anything except for money. And then, of course, uh, these guys got really thrown under the bus by ATF because ATF said, look, you can't, you, you can't come out into the press and defend yourself. You just sort of have to be quiet. And you have to say you know, things like, well, we followed the letter of the law and, and this other thing. And so they, they really kind of took a beating. You know, I guess this really isn't too much of a, a shortened crib notes version of it anyway, is it? Uh, but anyway, so that was what was happening to the gun store uh, owners. And then it comes out that... A uh, one of the rifles that was allowed to walk across the border was responsible. Uh, a person had used one of those guns to kill a border patrol agent. And there's uh, there's realistically there's probably another one. Um, and what they don't really talk about too much, although it's getting a little bit better out there. And I had talked about this a long time ago too, before anybody else was really saying too much about. It. I mean, there there were other people who were, but this point wasn't being brought up a, a lot, is that there was lots of Mexican citizens that were being killed from the from these uh, drug cartels getting the weapons down there. And they, they estimate around two to 300 
realistically, it's probably, you know, you can probably double that if, if, uh, we can look at the track records of governments when they report stuff, especially things when it makes them look bad. So it, you could probably double whatever number they're reporting, and then you're probably going to have a lot more collateral damage even from that because if some of the people that got killed, if they were the sole providers for their families, um, those people are going to suffer. They're, you know, on top of the fact that they've lost you know, a member of their family or loved ones, things like that. So I don't think we're probably getting the full honest number of the amount of Mexican citizens that have gotten killed and of course you know too the point has to be made that our government knew that those people were being killed and it wasn't until there was a big scandal here on this side of the border when one of uh, our guys got killed that a lot of this stuff kind of came to light so again the purpose that they they said the operation was for so that they could track how the guns get down there and then they could prosecute the people and they could go after these, you know, drug dealers and stuff. So, which is ridiculous when you think about it. We don't have any jurisdiction in Mexico. Um, Mexico, as far as their government, is so corrupt. It's, it's a joke. Uh, pretty much down there, a lot of the cartels are just as powerful as the military and police down there. So, there, you know, there's nothing those people can do. And a lot of them, like I said before, are very corrupt. Uh, but the idea that we would be able to somehow prosecute these people or bring them in or get them and you know do all this other stuff is, is laughable. So you have to ask yourself, well, what would be the real reason to do that? And most people who, if they use a little bit of logical thinking, come to the conclusion, well, the, the reason that the government would do this is so that they could say, well, look at all these you know terrible gun store owners and look at all these guns that are going down. It's just a pipeline. And it's increasing these drug cartels' power. And therefore, what we need here in the United States is we really need to crack down on all semi-autos, especially the assault rifle types. But we need to you know, crack down on any type of semi-auto handgun. We need to crack down on uh, magazine capacity, all those things. And those things, had the scandal not been brought to light, I think that's a lot of the stuff that would be pushed for. And even with this thing, coming to light Holder this reprehensible person had the audacity to even push for more gun control he said well well, yeah there's stuff going down we need to do it even though he was the one that was responsible for it so anyway uh, he's been held in contempt both criminal and civil the department of justice who Holder of course is the head of nobody there is going to prosecute him Obama extended executive privilege to him, which the way executive privilege is supposed to work is that it would, I guess, cover the president or, or, or which is kind of BS. But anyway, um, one of the things that Judge Napolitano talked about, and uh, you guys should follow him on his Twitter feed. He gives a lot of good stuff. And I, I retweet a lot of his stuff over there. Uh, I, I guess I should give my Twitter uh, account. It's Armed Ape, capital A R M E D, capital A P E. So one word, Armed Ape. And uh, if you want, you can follow me over there. Not that I put out huge pearls of wisdom or anything a lot, but I do retweet a lot of things that I think are uh, are worthwhile and that you guys should be aware of. But anyway, he was talking about that 
executive privilege basically covers the president and, and things that he knew about. And by extending that to him and to Holder, what he was saying is, yeah, they discussed it. But Holder had testified that Obama had, previously that Obama had no knowledge of it. Uh, and in fact, he even testified that he had no knowledge of it, and all that was kind of BS. But we see, you know, they're uh, they're basically just circling the wagon. So Holder should also be held uh, or or charged with perjury. That's not going to happen. Um, there's really nothing I don't think is going to happen to him. People have talked about that there may be, a, you know, like a special prosecutor that uh, that could come up, but I don't think it's going to happen. People have also called for Holder. To that he should resign or that Obama should fire him, but they won't do that. And if you look at it from Holder's point of view, if Obama doesn't get elected, he's gone anyway. So he, I, I, I'm sure he's like, I'm not going to give anybody the satisfaction of me resigning if I'm going to lose my job uh, come January anyway. And if Obama... Uh, stays in office, then he's not going to resign because Obama is going to keep him. Um, even though there's lots of scandals and stuff like that, scandals and, and and incompetence and things like that don't really seem to get you fired in government. And it's not just up in our nation's capital, but pretty much anywhere in government. You you really have to mess up bad. And it used to be people had to die for you to get fired. <laughs> but uh, I guess now. Even with people dying, uh, Holder's not going to be fired. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, we're just seeing uh, people say that we're sliding toward tyranny. And that the government is, is turning into a tyrannical government. But you have to remember that the government becomes tyrannical, not by necessarily what its actions are, but by what it believes it's entitled to do. And under that definition, our government believes that it can do anything. Uh, the Fourth Amendment doesn't mean anything. American citizens can be assassinated. We can be locked up indefinitely under suspicion. Uh, due process is gone. Uh, we can be wiretapped and uh, searched and bugged without due process solely on the, again, suspicion of some government agency. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take a little bit of an aside here. I've put some links over to uh, on uh, firearmscafe.com and one of them is entitled Andy Griffith versus the uh, Patriot Act. And I'd like you guys to go over there uh, and and watch that and listen to what's said. What I'll do too is I'll uh, I'll drop in some audio here of what it is, just in case um, uh, the actual audio of it isn't that important. But it, it is kind of neat to see, uh, you know, a show that was back. This would have been, I think, back in probably what sixty eight, sixty nine, maybe. I don't know if it ran that long. But back, it would have been back in the 60s when the show came out. It's one of the later shows. 
and he's talking about due process. So uh, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and drop that audio in now. What are you talking about? We bugged Mr. Blake's cell. You what? We bugged the cell with Arnold's tape recorder. Just listen to this, Paul. I, I can't listen to that. But, Paul... Opie, I can't listen to that. I'm not permitted. But, Paul, you don't understand. Opie, I can't listen to this. Now, I told you about eavesdropping. But, Paul, this is different. Yes, it's worse. You overheard a conversation that was supposed to be private. Now, I can't be a party to that. But, Paul, if you just listen to this... Opie... I can't listen. Paul, you're erasing the tape. That's what I mean to do. You bugged a conversation between a lawyer and his client. Now, that's violating one of the most sacred rights of privacy. But, Paul... No buts. But if it helps the law... Opie, the law can't use this kind of help. Because whether a man is guilty or innocent, we have to find that out by due process of law. So some of those words are kind of some of the things we wished our government was abiding by today and was taken seriously. On another note, I was uh, looking over at Reason Magazine, and I've put some uh, links to this to the YouTube videos. There are two different recruitment videos. One is for uh, Decatur, Georgia, and the other one, I think, is for in California, which I think is Newport Beach recruitment video they are night and day and those i think you really do need to watch um the newport video newport beach video went out in california they showed these guys like they are gearing up for war they show them you know shooting and kicking down stuff and loading up their ar-15s and zipping up their their uh, all their tack gear and screaming and yelling at people. They show them sticking dogs on the guy in the bike suit. They show them, you know, learning how to fight and how to throw people around. And there's one part in there that's very disturbing where they're training them. And the, and the guy's got the other, uh, he's got another recruit. It's two guys that are training. And he's saying to the guy who he's got basically in a chokehold, he's saying, stop resisting me, stop resisting me. Which is basically code for the police to just beat the hell out of you. Uh, and lets them do anything because then they can say, "Hey, officer safety," and I was, you know, I was protecting myself, and he was resisting me. Uh, there's a video online, and I can't find it. There was a guy who was recording the police, and this was a while back, and uh, he was just videotaping them. They were telling him to get back, do all this other stuff, and eventually it leads to him getting thrown to the ground, his camera getting thrown and kicked. And the guy's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the whole time the cop is yelling, stop resisting me super loud because it's at night. And, of course, so nobody can see. So uh, if it ever came up, it's going to be his word against uh, that person's. You know, he, he said, she said type thing. So and he'll say, well, you know, I was telling him to stop resisting and he kept resisting, uh, which the other guy's account was, you know, the guy came up and didn't like that I was videotaping and didn't like that I didn't immediately respond to him and do this other stuff. And you can find tons of videos like that on there. Uh, but again, look look at those videos. Like I said, they're night and day. The one in Decatur, Georgia, they're talking about enforcement, which, as you guys know, is a, a pet peeve of mine. I don't like the word enforcement. I don't think police departments should think of themselves as enforcers. But at least in this recruitment video, they're saying we need to, we need to be accountable 
to not only ourselves and to the and to the standard that we have, but also to the community standard. We need to get out there and we need to try and resolve problems. We need to not, you know, lead with a boot to the chest. We need to maybe try and figure out what's going on. And it, it, it's funny, the Decatur video, too, is, is kind of uh, put out in a little bit of a more of a, uh, I guess, a PC way in that, uh, which is good, you know, because it shows some diversity of the department, all that kind of jazz. But there's women, there's minority people in there, there's whites, there's, you know, so there's whites, there's blacks, there's Hispanic people all in the video. And it shows like a, a kind of a, uh, a melting pot, for lack of a better word. And then you go and you look, you look at the uh, California recruitment one. It's all like young or younger, super aggressive white males with you know uh, the, the high and tight haircuts, and it, and it's extremely militarized. You know they're marching, they're screaming at each. You know they're the they're. Trainers are, it's like a boot camp and they're screaming and yelling at each other and doing all this other stuff. And what I want you to think of too, when you, when you watch those videos, when you go over to uh, uh, firearms and the reason I'm directing you over there, I don't care how many people go over to the website or not. The reason I want you to go over there and look is it's easy to find. So you'll be able to tell exactly what I'm talking about. Recruit police recruit video one is the one in Decatur police recruit video two is the one in uh, California. And I want you to think of which department you'd rather have to deal with if you had to have contact with them, either at a traffic stop or uh, maybe even just asking directions or, you know, something like that. Even if it was kind of a non-law enforcement thing, if you ran into them, who would you rather have to deal with? And then I want you to think and ask about, ask yourself, well, who, if they were going to have to serve a warrant, which department would you rather have serve that warrant? But in this scenario, when they're serving the warrant, they've come to your house, not because they've got a warrant for your address, but because the numbers got transposed. So instead of going to the house on the uh, three houses down, they're coming to yours at two in the morning. They're kicking in the door and they're using all those techniques that you saw them use in their video. Throwing you around a boot, you know, choking you, screaming at you, pointing, pointing their guns at you when maybe they don't need to. Which department would you rather have have do that, or have them when they do that when they get that mistaken warrant, the address wrong, and they go to your grandmother's house or your grandfather's house? How do you think they're going to get treated when what's been beat into their head over and over through training is we're an entrenched force and we're going out into the enemy, not we're going out into the community, but we're going out into the enemy. And some people say, man, you're kind of hard on police, aren't you? And other people write in and they say, you know, sometimes you kind of give them a pass on stuff. But most of the stuff I get is that I'm a little bit harder on police. Well, I sh- you know, I-, I think we should be. I think we should be very, very hard on police. And I think that we should hold them to a very high standard. And the reason that I think that we should hold them to these high standards is that we've given them... Uh, We've given them great, great power and great authority over us as the community. And 
when we don't hold them to high standards, when we don't remind them that, guess what, you're part of the community, you live here too. And you need to pe- treat you need to treat people with respect. And look, if somebody's shooting at them, they're going to shoot back. If somebody's fighting them, they're going to fight back. But there's a lot of stuff out there where we see that. And I, again, I've talked about this on other shows in the past, but I want to give you guys, let you in on sort of my perspective of when you have that amount of power, you really do have to have a huge amount of responsibility. You have to be able, you have to be mature enough and be able to handle that amount of responsibility and authority. And as a person who has that amount of authority, you have to know that the community, not just your department, but the community is going to hold you to those higher standards and say it's a privilege that you have that, that authority that we've given you. And if you're going to abuse it, it'll be taken away from you. And if you abuse it past us, and if you and if you abuse it past a certain level, you go past a certain line. Guess what? You're going to go to jail. That doesn't happen probably as often as it needs to happen. Uh, and there, believe me, there are a lot of good people uh, out there who are police officers. You notice I'm not saying enforcers. And there are a lot of them that are out there that are that aren't so good and shouldn't be in that job. And I would extend that to those who remain silent about things. Um, when they see their fellow officers doing things, they say, well, you know, I wouldn't do that, but, you know, this is just how this guy runs out here and this and that. Those guys... You know, are complicit as well. And, you know, and in the way that our laws are set up, if you're a passenger in a car and the driver goes out and shoots somebody or robs a bank and does whatever, you know, you can be held accountable if people get killed or even if the even if the robber gets shot and killed. If you were there and going to commit that crime, you're complicit, uh, and it's the same thing. You could you could turn it around and say the same thing with the police. If if they're stopping a guy and they know that that stop isn't justified, and then it turns out that they beat the crap out of a guy or accidentally kill him or kill him on purpose, shouldn't that guy's partner be held accountable for it? Why didn't he stop that? Why didn't he intervene? He or she. So, uh, but anyway, I guess maybe well. Uh, like I said, there's there's so much stuff that's going on kind of high up in the in the government, and a lot of that stuff filters down. And I'm just I'm so disappointed with what what happened with Fast and Furious, uh, with that form of law enforcement. Uh, I'm so disappointed in the fact that the Congress is really going to do nothing. And I'm, I'm real disappointed, but I'm not really that surprised. I mean, if you look at how we voted and who we stuck in office and what we've allowed to happen in this country, none of this stuff should be a real big surprise to you. And uh, so, you know, again, I know I'm kind of maybe beating a dead horse here a little bit, but uh, I don't think anything at all is going to happen to Holder. So I entitled the uh, the show "What Won't They Do." Kind of has a double meaning, a little bit like what a, what 
what level of corruption, what, how audacious will their behavior become? What won't they do that way? But also, what won't they do? What are the things that they are absolutely not going to do? And if Romney comes in, I can tell you, I can't tell you exactly what he's going to do, but I can tell you what he won't do. He won't be a real friend to gun owners. He won't significantly repeal Obamacare. If you look at the things on his, on, uh, on some of the pictures of him when he's talking about it, he had like the thing repeal and replace. So, you know, he's in favor of a single-payer type thing. He's saying now that he's that he's not. Uh, but, of course, he's a... We used to call old John Kerry Mr. Flip-Floppy, but holy cow, Romney's got him beat by a mile, doesn't he? So what are some other things that Romney won't do? He won't audit the Fed. And neither will Obama. He won't really do any significant stopping of the expansion of the empire, and neither will Obama. He won't rein in the industrial military complex, and neither will Obama. He won't do anything to pull back on the Patriot Act, and neither will Obama. He won't do anything to end the welfare state. Neither will Obama. He won't really do anything substantive on border control. And neither will Obama. And I don't think he'll even really appoint somebody who's a super conservative if he's elected and if he gets to appoint some Supreme Court justices. They'll probably be more moderate. You know, that brings up another thing, talking about the Supreme Court. Another thing I'm really disappointed on is with this Obamacare. It's not a mandate, but it's a tax. So if you don't get it, we can tax you because that's in the purview of the Congress, which basically means if, if they can tax you for not purchasing health insurance, they can tax you for anything. If they can tax you for inactivity, for, for choosing to opt out, They can tax you for just about anything. Why Why then can't they tax you for not buying an American car? Why can't they tax you for driving too many miles? Or if you opted out of a car, let's say if you didn't want to own a car, why don't they then tax you extra because you're not purchasing gasoline and you're not paying that gas tax? Why not? You know, I know I'm a little bit kind of bouncing around all over the stuff. I'm, uh, 
but things as, as things are kind of popping into my head here. I, I had a conversation the other day, and I've heard other people bring uh, make the same point. And this is going to be about Obama. And they say, well, I think that he is a super smart guy, and he's really a, probably a very nice guy, and he'd like to get a lot of things accomplished, but he's thwarted. He's stymied at every at every turn. He he tries to turn right, they block him. He tries to turn left, they block him. And they talk about how he reached out, you know, when he first got elected, if you remember that, how he was gonna set up lunches and all this other kind of BS nonsense stuff. It was all dog and pony stuff. And I said, Well, I don't think he's really a nice guy, and I don't think he's I mean I'm sure he's nice to his family and everything, but he didn't give two Two licks about you or I, the common person out there. And uh, in, my, in my rebuttal to this to this person, and like I said, I've had this conversation on other uh, on other occasions, not this just last one. But I said, well, I don't think he's a nice guy, and I think I said, well, what are you what are you basing that stuff on? And when we got down to it, you know, I was I made the points. This guy has come from one of the most corrupt political systems. He didn't do anything that he said he was going to do. Uh, he's increased federal power. He's trampled on the Constitution. Hell, he's even lied and, and, and alienated his own, his own base by not doing a lot of the stuff that he said he was going to do. So this idea, this fairy tale that has somewhat been perpetrated in the media, but that a lot of people kind of have the delusion that he's this nice guy, but other people kind of hold him back and hold him down. And they'll say sometimes the thing thing about maybe Hillary Clinton seems like she's a nice person. And I was like, oh, she's not a nice person. And uh, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, what do you think these Republicans are? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. And sometimes that takes these people back, especially if they have more, more liberal bent. They uh, they can't understand how if you're against them on some of their views, that you then you're then and if you, that you don't then support the Republicans a hundred percent. And again, it's that sort of divide and conquer thing. But uh, anyway, you know what I think I've kind of rambled on in my disjointed show today. So hopefully. You guys got something out of it. Uh, hopefully it made you think a little bit about some things, maybe in a different way, or uh, maybe it strengthens some of your beliefs. Uh, maybe you want to send in some hate mail to me. Let me know where I'm wrong or let me know where I'm right or what you think I'm, where I'm wrong or where I'm right. I'm pretty strong in my convictions. So, But I welcome people to send in stuff. I, like I said, I love hearing from you guys. I want to give a couple of shout-outs to my uh, friend Ken over in Afghanistan and thank him for his service. And uh, it's uh, I know it takes a toll on him, and there's both good things and bad things. I know he's uh, grown as a person and, and things like that. Uh, but I also want to give a shout-out to his wife. Uh, I won't say her name on air. Uh, just because she may not want it out there, but she's had to, you know, she's had to to make sacrifices too. She's had to 
have her husband be gone and have him be in a uh, combat zone, a war zone. So uh, I wanted to say thank you to her for supporting him as well and and for uh, putting up with all the stuff that she has to put up with. I can't imagine being away from, uh, from my family for that long. That would be very, very difficult for me. I'd also like to remind you that uh, I've got a couple more shows left of sponsorship from uh, GunGuyBooks.com. So if you want to go over there and check those things out, um, there's some neat books over there. And again, that's GunGuy GunGuyBooks.com. And you can, uh, if you if you're over at the website, checking out those videos that I talked about a little bit earlier, you can. Uh, you'll also I have a link to his site as well. Let's see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about today or ramble about or mini rant about. I think that's that's maybe about it. So I tell you what, I will uh, talk to you guys next time. Take care, everyone. Superhuman strength. Oh,